0: Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app Or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal. And now, today's story.
1: Have you ever worked on a team where somebody deserves to get fired? Yes. Oh, I'm
2: sorry. You were starting to start.
1: <laughs> I think wrecked, wrecked. I think everybody on our team is pointing to each other right now. I think everybody, there's a lot of, a lot
2: of, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking questions. You're talking, <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Yes. Yes. All of us have worked on a team where we thought somebody should be fired. Right. So how come that person sometimes doesn't get fired? Or have you ever worked on a team where suddenly somebody gets fired and you're not sure why they got fired? Somebody just disappears one day and nobody ever talks about it. Uh, Everybody's nodding again. It's just people just disappear, right? So today on our podcast, we're going to talk about what happens when someone gets fired. Why do people get fired? What happens when we wait too long? Uh, we recently got to work with a client who had a person who management would frequently talk about how they were a big problem and management would talk about how they should be getting fired soon and we, should, we need to fire them, but they didn't get fired. They didn't get fired. They went a long, 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 long time and didn't fire this person, but they kept talking about it, but they never ever moved to fire this person. Uh, mm-hmm. Finally, this person decided to leave the company and they left the company and there was this renaissance on the team. Have you ever been on a team where somebody leaves or gets fired who deserves to get fired and, or somebody who's toxic leaves the team and everybody feels better about their jobs and everybody picks up the slack and there's something, the team dynamics are totally different.
2: We also uh, refer to that as
1: addition by subtraction, right? Addition by subtraction, which sounds kind of like a corporate kind of a thing to say, like whenever you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, but it's a really a real thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is healthy for an organization to fire somebody. And sometimes it is healthy for you to get fired if you're stuck too far. So it's on today's podcast, (laughs) not you specifically, Matt, I'm just speaking in general. Uh, So as you listen to whether you're an employee or you're a manager or you're a business owner, whatever it is, we think you're going to get something out of this because you're going to hear about what is it like to, what is it like to think about how we're going to fire somebody? When should somebody get fired? And then also how do you handle it when someone else on your team gets fired? And maybe even when you get fired. So let's jump in, Matt.
2: Yeah, can we just say that they, there's probably a right way and a wrong way to do this too, right? Uh, over, the long, over the long haul, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. I know internally for our people who are listening outside of the city of Springfield here across the country or anywhere in the world right now, uh, this might not mean as much to you, but there is a place that used to be used maybe even before I got there that was the firing termination place. And I don't know, we might want sponsorships later. So I won't say who it was on the air right now, but there was a place like if you were going to go to that place, or if you had a meeting at that place, just take your jacket with you because you're probably not coming back. It's
0: really sad because I really like this particular place. Yeah, Bethany goes
2: there voluntarily, right? I like to go there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's around the corner. It's handy. It's the place, right? That you go. Diana, were you going to chime in on that too?
3: No, I was just going to say we haven't you know what? I'm not going to justify it. It's fine. (laughs) Sometimes you need a place. Okay.
2: Sometimes you need a place. Yeah. And so
1: it's amazing how this topic, like how much firing impacts a team. Right. So what Matt's talking about, like we had one time where we did fire somebody and it happened at a location and that (laughs) becomes a legendary location of like, don't go to that. Don't go to that spot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's always those things though. There's a, there's a right way and a wrong way. Worked at a, worked at a call center years ago and, and, and they were, they were out on the floor. They were in the pod and two people had to be fired from the team. And they both just happened to sit on either side of this one individual that was not going to get fired, but they pull one into the office and then they just start cleaning their desk and no, they don't come back. And then they pull the next one from the other side of the person. They start cleaning the desk. And by that time that person's looking around like, Oh my gosh. What's happening, you know, and, and it's not like you can make the announcement, Don, I think during your story, you just said, um, you know, what if you don't know that they're going to be fired? What if you don't, sometimes we don't know, right? But there is, there are some best practices, some tips on on maybe how to do this and how to do it well, which sounds interesting when we're talking about firing. But how do I, how do I let somebody go with grace, potentially, if, if that's a possibility, if they allow us to do that, because that's a thing, too.
1: Let me add to that too, Matt. There's a study that was out there that looks at some of the most stressful events that happen in your lifetime. And getting fired is way up there. It's really, really high on the list. It is a highly stressful activity. But what's kind of interesting about it is when they track the stress, you know, the stress is building, 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 and then it hits a peak. And then then the stress starts to drop. Uh, The peak happens when you get fired. So it's not right. the act of getting fired that builds the stress. It's everything that happens up to that point before you get fired. You can kind of feel that stress. So I think that's really an important thing to consider as we explore this topic. That
2: makes good sense. So we're going to look at this from the employee's perspective, also the boss's perspective um, as well. But the first question that I want to queue up for you all is how do you know when someone should be fired? So I'm the manager. I'm the boss. I'm the leader. Um, how do I know that somebody, man, it's time. It's ran its course. Somebody needs to be fired or let go, however you'd like to say that. How do you know, what are those things that we're looking for in that situation? I know one of the first things I look for, Matt, and this is
1: really weird to having this discussion with everybody here, like looking at each other. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm now, let me looking write for. This, let me write this down. Write this, write this <laughs> down. This is really important. This is really important. Um, one of the things I look for is is the person trying to get back in line with the company. Are they, is the attitude there? Are they, are they even, are they even trying? Because if the, if the other person is misaligned or just pushing a different direction and they still feel like they're right and they're still pushing that way, then sometimes it's just best to call it at that point. That's one of the things that I look at. If the other person's working hard towards getting better and they really do, and you can sense that they really are trying, I'll give a lot more leeway than in terms of firing. But if the other person is just determined like, nope, this company's terrible and you're terrible and I hate it here too, um that that's you know thank goodness for softballs and that
2: sometimes is a softball you know and i want to paint a picture too because we are on a video so we can see each other's faces i know if you're listening you can't but even as don was describing that his face looked uncomfortable like maybe if they're trying not to get in line like this can we just recognize this is a difficult topic anyway this is maybe one of those topics that you were surprised by the title like wow, they're going to teach us how to fire people. Like this isn't something that we normally talk about. It's one of those things we don't talk about for a long time, and then and, until we have to deal with it and we have to look at it face, you know, head on. And we're going to do one live. Do. We're going to do one yeah. live and demonstrate just for you right here, just so you can right. see. What it's like. we <laughs> yeah, gotta,
3: we're right. not. We're not doing that.
1: Oh so great, Diana's yeah. going to fire me. It's going to be recording, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, firing Don Harkey would be the worst.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh. Don says whenever somebody is is misaligned but it, and it's clear that they're not trying to become aligned. Like they're just like, nope, this is the direction I'm going. What other things might we be looking for that tell us that it's time to fire somebody? Can I set aside something like straight manipulation? You know, there are certain things that like, there's very little conversation that needs to happen. One of the situations I'll give you an idea of, I mean, somebody came out and threatened to punch somebody else right in the face and in front of everybody. Like you can't threaten physical harm. Even if you're in one of those states that you're listening to, like, I don't know, we have pretty strict guidelines on employee, like you can't threaten to beat somebody up um, at work, phys- physical harm. Like there's some of those insubordination things that are just outside. What we're talking about is maybe th- some things that have taken over time. So if they are misaligned and it's it's continuing to be misaligned, maybe if it's a salesperson, they're continually missing targets, uh, m- missing those, those scorecards, uh, those metrics, those types of things. Well, what about if it's not necessarily, let me throw this out there. What if it's not necessarily, they're hitting all their scorecard stuff but now something within the chemistry of like they are disrupting team flow or culture or dynamic or whatever. Like, what is how do we factor that in? Is that something that is a part of this conversation or not? Everybody's nodding, nodding in their head, but this is a podcast. So we're gonna have to use our voices. We're, all we're gonna saying have to yes. use our words now. That's okay? it. That's
0: the answer. <laughs> yes, that's a problem.
2: So it is, I had an opportunity. Let me just keep going. I had an opportunity to talk with uh, a, a department head earlier uh, today, actually. And they were talking about, you know, I have a hard time holding people accountable whenever they're not technically breaking any rule. They're not technically breaking any rule, but dang, they are just difficult in the team chemistry. They are constantly ruffling feathers. They are constantly, you know, maybe pushing back on ideas, th- those types of things. Where does, where does a person like that maybe factor in into this whole idea of this firing process?
1: It's a very difficult situation when someone's performing at a high level, but their attitude is poor. That is a challenging situation. A lot of times when we do our management training, people will say that's the hardest person to manage. Uh, But I think what people don't recognize is the idea that it's a big threat to the team whenever they have a bad attitude about something. If if somebody's coming along and they're the person like the like the person we heard from a real client who said I can tell by the smile on your face that you haven't worked here very long yeah. we used to drop sayings like that all the time and just just really brought down everybody else on the team uh, you start recognizing what kind of an impact that has uh, I think it makes it easier to fire that person you yeah. can start to think a little bit easier about what the impact really is then you recognize how important it is for you to do it yeah. It's only harder because you're in your own head about it.
3: We had a client one time that had this employee that had a bad attitude and was very high performing, did their work really well. But when we pointed out that this person was affecting the entire team, the boss was adamant, like, no, 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 they're not. I put them in the corner. I tried to hide them from everything. It's fine. But what they didn't know was that the team was doing everything they could to actively avoid this person even further. And it was diminishing their productivity. So like this person's office was right by the printer and people would wait to print things until this person was gone. And so they it just, they recalculated everything they were doing yeah. to avoid this person. And when we started pointing that out, I think the boss was shocked. It was that big of an impact. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Somebody said earlier that, You know, you're more likely to lose those engaged employees whenever you, those really good employees who are really aligned and empowered because there is maybe a person who's really good at their job, but their behavior or their attitude sucks. And that's, I mean, that's soul sucking for the rest of the employees. And so, so I think that you have to, for that reason, or you are going to lose some really good people from your team that you don't want to lose.
2: Yeah. All right, so let's let's go to the next next point. So we've identified okay, so there are some reasons that we probably need to walk down this firing path, right? We've identified some of those things. We've come to the difficult situation, but now we have a little legwork that we need to do. What are some steps maybe that should be taken before you actually do the firing of someone? Diana, I'm going to call you out real quickly here because you and I were involved in the same situation with with the company really recently um and and we had advised please don't do that until something happens. So what are one of those steps that we need to take before firing somebody?
3: My biggest rule about firing is that it should never be a surprise to the person that's getting fired.
2: Right.
3: A lot of times bosses don't do enough to really show this person that they're misaligned and they're off. So in the example you were talking about, we recently had someone come to me and say, this person has a bad attitude and I'm upset with their bad attitude. And I said, great. Have you talked to the person? And the manager said, no, yeah. the manager was ready to fire this person. And so I had to say, do not, that's not fair. Do not fire this person I have no idea that they're doing anything wrong. And that's not fair to them.
2: Yeah. The manager is out to eliminate the problem instead of a having the difficult conversation maybe with the employee up front yeah and this is maybe a good opportunity for us to say like we do in our management trainings we are not lawyers we are not your hr right please follow your hr policies and guidelines before you decide to fire somebody uh because that's a, that's a thing too there are some half to things i think communication like diana's talking about probably need to this is just another reason to have that ongoing communication where you're helping build uh those different objectives you're helping them remove obstacles you're asking maybe what trainings or certifications do you feel like you need how are you feeling Feeling in the role? Is there anything I can do for you? And a lot of times, those conversations can head off a lot of those poor, quote unquote, poor attitude things um, at the past there too. What else might be might we need to do before we go towards the firing, Don? It's really important to understand why you're firing
1: them, and that leads you to a couple different paths. Uh, One of the things we teach new managers is something called the culture grid, and it's the idea that employees have performance or culture fit and those are two different scales so i could be great at my job and be a terrible culture fit or i could be a great culture fit and not be good at being not good at my job so those those two different things can be problems for managers and the path towards firing somebody which you're not trying to fire somebody i mean you're never all these steps taken ahead of times aren't saying i'm leading towards getting ready to fire you you shouldn't have that mindset it should be i'm trying to correct this behavior is different depending on which of those situations. So if it's somebody who is great culture fit, but they're just struggling with performance, then you should be working with the person to reflect that performance with them a lot and working with them on a very, very short-term basis, very, very quick basis, lots of feedback and give them lots of training and support and trying to help them to understand what they're missing. Uh, and, and get instill with them new processes, give them extra work. That, that's somebody that deserves a little bit of extra investment of your time as a manager, if somebody's a great culture fit. If somebody is great at their performance though so and they just have a bad attitude, then what you're basically saying is, look, I need you to change the attitude and you need to give really specific examples of where the attitude has been poor. Hey, I saw you in this meeting. You look like you had a really bad attitude. Maybe it wasn't even about anything that was being said there, but it really leads other people on the team. Uh, We talk about having a watershed discussion with people. And I think it's a really effective way of getting people back on track. But it's the idea of expressing to the employee, you have to recognize that you are a leader on the team, especially when you're good at your job, you're influential. So if you're good at your job and other people are following you, when you have a bad attitude, they're also going to follow that bad attitude. And so yeah. here's what I need from you. I either need for you to change that attitude in front of the team or get off the team. Like I need you to do one of those two things. And you tell me, and before you even have to fire that person, sometimes just offering that choice just puts it in a different perspective for that person saying, Hey, if you're going to be miserable and you're going to hate me and you're going to hate the company, then just, just step away. And you're offering that to them, like, like take that. And, and if they take it, then that's you're you probably are going to win at the end of the day, because they're going to step off the team and they never were going to get better. Uh, but if they don't, and they lean into it, and a lot of times, believe it or not, people will lean into that because they don't recognize how they're influencing other people. Then you have a chance to be able to improve that person's performance.
2: What's interesting, Don, as you're talking about this, it reminds me of how you also do a lot of hiring. I know we're talking about firing, but but hiring, right? I'm not seeing if you are the best fit for our team necessarily. I'm seeing if you are the best fit for the team, but also if this is a good fit for you. It's kind of the same conversation when it comes towards the end of that career too, the, the firing. Is this still mutually beneficial for you and us? You talked about the peak of that stress being at the time of firing. Um, sometimes, this is going to sound bad, but sometimes people don't know that they want to leave until they've been let go. And then it's like, ah, Thanks. I, I, yeah. Breath of fresh air. They got to want to, that's a,
1: that's an old saying, right? You got to want to. And if the employee doesn't want to be there, yeah. uh, sometimes you have to help them realize that. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes we, we tongue in cheek say you, when you fire somebody is you're promoting them to the next opportunity inside of another company, which, which, which some managers love that saying, cause it's, 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 I guess it's kind of funny, but Well, I think when we say that, we really mean what we see is that somebody's going to leave a company where they're not successful and potentially go someplace where they can be. Yeah. Um, You might be helping somebody when you fire them, but I don't think you go into it with the mindset of I'm going to fire you. So leading up to it, you're trying to go in the mindset of I'm helping you either be a hugely productive member of this team, or I'm going to help us both to recognize that so that we can move you off the team. And if the, the recognition isn't mutual at the end of the day, then that leads to a firing. If it's, if it's mutual, we've, we've seen several companies, probably more common than firing if you do it right, where the employee and the employer both come to a mutual agreement of this isn't working out and the employee ends up leaving and you don't even have to fire the person.
0: There, that mutual understanding, I think, is really valuable if you can, like you said, present it in the right way. I was just having a conversation with um, someone the other day about this with a, with an employee that they just were done with. They kind of hit a wall and they're like, I'm just done with them. (laughs) I just, -hmm. I just want to be done and get somebody else in here who knows what the heck they're doing and whatever. They just don't seem like they're getting this. And, you know, that's really hard when you're in that position of feeling Mm -hmm. like, They just don't get the job and I don't know what else to do. And we had to talk through that that conversation of, okay, here's the first conversation you've had. You've tried some things, but what's the next conversation that you have had with them? And maybe you just ask them, how do you think this is going? You know, how, How are you feeling in this position? Is this working for you? Do you feel like you're getting it? Do you feel like there are things that you're still lacking on? Because it might very well be that that person says, yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I didn't want to bring it up because I'm just trying to, to do everything <laughs> that I'm told to do. Yeah. But since you brought it up, yeah, there are some things that I'm really struggling with. And I don't know if this is the right, you know, the right position for me. And I might be more comfortable if I tried something else. So I think opening that up, it might make the conversation a lot easier.
2: Yeah. Open it up with the intent that I might learn something. Right. Instead of catching them in an aha, but maybe maybe I'll learn something here that I was. Maybe it's a training issue. Maybe it's a development issue. Maybe it's you haven't taken enough time to be able to outline the the clarity of the role, or you know whatever that might be. We've seen we've seen all those things, um, and then it and then it kind of overflows into maybe a, a frustration. Let me let me ask this question too. What are some of the reasons? So we've identified, we've taken some steps. What are some things or, or things that we've seen working with companies that? that are reasons that they don't actually pull the trigger to fire somebody at that at that time. Why why do we not do it? I know one is
1: that that person's too good at their job. We can't do without. Like, yeah, they've got a bad attitude, but they're really good at what they do. I think that's yeah. a common perception.
2: Another one is- Especially, can I add to that? Yeah. Especially if it's tied monetarily to raises or bonuses. I've seen this too with salespeople that are like, dang, that per- I can't let that person go. They make a ton of money, not only for the company, but they directly impact my scorecard. Like if they do well, I do well. I've seen that too. And maybe that's just structured poorly as well when it's tied to money. Another one
1: is when you are shorthanded with people and you just, you just I've, I heard a manager say just recently they said, well, they, if they can fog a mirror, I need them on my team right now. <laughs> right. Uh, we, have so much, we have so much work that needs to be done. Somebody that comes in and does it poorly and with a bad attitude and doesn't even perform very well is better than nobody. You know, I argue that point. I don't think that's true. A person that comes in and does the job poorly and leads badly teaches other people to also do the job poorly. It, it impacts the entire team. There was a study that showed that one, if you take one toxic employee and drop them onto a team of engaged employees, it drops the productivity by the, of the entire team, not just the individual person, but the entire team by 30 to 40% because suddenly that team has a person to worry about and they spend all their time focusing on that person rather than on what they're doing
2: yeah you said it earlier in your story up front too as those as those part, you know we remove those people who we think it's going to be detrimental and you all of a sudden see a you know a, the the second wind that the team catches like oh what other responsibilities can I pick up or what other things can I do or hey maybe I can develop in that area or you know those types of things that you didn't see before and and you didn't allow yourself to be able to be in a position to be able to see those things Bethany what about you
0: Other situations that I think of, you know, and this might be more of the HR in the HR field where people are unsure of, is that okay? Or is this going to get me in trouble? Um, Are if they are, you know, close to retirement, oh, they've been here a really long time. They're older, they're close to retirement. Maybe we should just wait this out, but there's issues. So we don't, we're just going to, we're just going to kind of keep on until they hit retirement. Um, Another one I think is even if your employee is pregnant, and she's about to go on maternity leave or something like that. And so people are afraid of what that might look like of, we can't just let this person go, or we don't know how to handle this situation, Mm -hmm. because we don't want to get in trouble for something. Um, So I think those are a couple of situations I've heard from people personally in our work as well
2: this is also one that those are, those are definitely ones you probably want to run by your local HR department before you just make a decision or even the company attorney uh, working through them to just, because I know that, you know, we do work in some states where the labor laws are, you know, the employment laws are, are pretty strict and a lot different than, you know, maybe an at-will state. Diana?
3: I was going to say that every time I run across those situations, I encourage managers to still set good expectations for those people just because they're, older or just because they're on maternity leave doesn't mean that you can't have the conversation about the expectation so that you're both really clear. Because I don't think that the person on maternity leave wants to do a bad job. I don't think the person going into retirement wants to finish out their career doing poorly. I believe that it is those expectations aren't clear and you haven't been clear with them in a long time. So they're just doing what they've always done or They're just Mm -hmm. continuing how they've always continued. And if you had that conversation, it would be really helpful to both parties.
2: Man, back to that whole idea of communication. Proactive communication. Yeah, I I like it. And maybe being able to create a standard and hold hold accountability to the standard there. So let's talk maybe from the employee's perspective, um, because this is a different perspective as the employee. How do you respond? Let's say I'm the employee and someone else on the team is fired. How do I respond to that as an employee? What are some things that maybe you've coached some employees on that? And especially really when we don't know the reason why, because it's interesting meeting with those folks. They have no shortage of reasons that they think it happened, but when they don't necessarily know why, um, it's hard to talk them off that ledge sometimes. Diana, what do you think?
3: This goes into that HR realm, and I often tell people, you're never going to know the real reasons that person was fired, and that kind of stinks, right? That's between them and the employer. You're never going to know those real reasons, but you also don't have to. You don't have to make up stories about why they were fired. They were let go, and now, now's the time to ensure that you're thinking about that person as a human, so maybe don't write more stories about them. Don't continue a bad narrative. This person was just fired, and that sucks. So treat them like humans and figure out a plan for going forward so that all of those pieces they were taking care of are picked up properly.
2: Yeah.
1: That's really important advice is treat them like human. We met with an employment attorney who represents employers of companies. And he said that, you know, if you treat your employees like people, he would have a lot fewer cases. Uh, that's really important. But from the employee's perspective, you know, I, I was going to joke and say, you should jump in, jump onto social media. It's really important to make sure you really voice your concerns there. Cause it's a really good, healthy platform <laughs> for engaging, yeah, lots of engaging great dialogue. People. I, I'd really encourage like, you don't know what happened. That's, that's one of the more frustrating things for management is that employees don't, they're not really exposed to everything that happened. You think you're there every day. You think you saw all those conversations uh, but one of the challenges that any supervisor has is they're not really going to talk about the conversation they had one-on-one with a person, or at least they shouldn't. So then you draw your own conclusions or you think you know their own story. So many times when we're involved with that, there's a lot more to the story than the employees know about. And so the employees assume there's this big injustice that occurred when really there wasn't.
2: Um, yeah. And that's true for the employee too, right? The employee that got fired is probably not going to hold a meeting. Be able to say, okay, guys, listen. Here's all the ways that I screwed up. This is how it went down. Like, no, they're gonna have their own story uh, of how that that how that happened. And and as a manager, you kind of feel like you're 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 cuffed in a way uh, that you can't. Man, I just want to tell them the truth. Uh, can't do it. Here's the other thing that I've given coaching for, and we can move on uh, instead of belaboring that point, I guess. But here's the other thing that I've given coaching for on multiple occasions to employees that are frustrated because they saw somebody else get fired within the company. They thought it was an extreme injustice that the company let that person go. And one of the questions that I always ask, and I I think it stops them in their tracks because I've asked it very, very directly of then why do you still work there? And they're like, what do you, what do you mean? You know, it's not me. It's them that got fired. Yeah. But, but if you don't trust the direction of leadership that you work for, then why would you continue to go to work for that leadership? Like at some point we don't get to know, right? So we have to trust the lead. We have to trust the direction of the leadership or the decisions of leadership. And if you don't, this goes back to what Don was talking about earlier. Maybe it's mutually beneficial that you're, that you're not there then. Um Maybe, you know, you get to set free from that expectation and then they get to be free from that expectation. Otherwise, man, why do you continue to go to work if you don't trust the direction of, of the leadership? Our last I think step. that's a question for a lot of people.
1: Our last podcast episode was when do you leave a company, and so that's yeah. why we wanted to do this one of when do you get fired from a company, when do you get forced to leave? Yeah. If if you don't love your employer or you're not aligned with them or you think they're cheats, it's probably a good time for you to leave. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's an important point to it, and the stories that we you know the stories that we tell as employees who have been fired are your own version of the story. You don't even have the whole story and you don't always share everything. Wow, I really did mess up. And especially right when it happens, a lot of times you're not in the mindset to share really good information. It's important to remember through all of this that as an employee, you are still a big leader on your team. And -hmm. you have to think to yourself, your eyes could be on, did they do something wrong on a situation where you'll never know the whole story and you'll never know what's going on where your eyes should be on is how do I lead my team? Uh, and as Matt likes to say, how do I lead them? Well, you can lead them in an open rebellion against the company that just fired that one employee. You could do that if you wanted to try to do that. But as Matt said, why are you still working there? Why are you doing that? Is that what you want your legacy to be? I destroyed a company from the inside. Uh, I, I, I drug out, left other people or made other people want to leave the company instead Think about how you want your team to respond. So maybe it was somebody that was popular. Maybe it was somebody like, maybe instead when you're hearing somebody talk about it or spreading rumors about it or saying bad things, maybe you could be the leader that says, hey, look, we really don't know what happened here. It's not helping us to look backwards. Let's figure out how to look forwards. That person's gone and maybe we miss them and maybe they did some really good work and maybe we don't understand what happened. But how can we work together and just be a better team moving forward from this? How can we learn from this? That, that's the perspective that uh, positive employees have that have a good impact on the team and the company afterwards.
3: Yeah, I want to reiterate the treat them like humans piece. It is very difficult to get fired. That sounds very obvious. But what I mean is this person now has to worry about How they're going to eat and live and i think that those instincts are really primal and so they're probably going to make a lot of weird decisions over the next couple of days and it would be helpful to treat them like a human and remember that those things that they're going through right now are something that no person should ever have to go through it sucks it is the situation that it is and so i often remind people over and over and over again that this is one of the worst situations anybody could find themselves in. And so you as a coworker, you as a colleague need to remember that. You as a manager need to remember that. And if you're the one getting fired, remember that as well. You are in a very stressful situation. And if you can pull yourself out for even a tiny bit, you'll make better decisions going forward than if you're stuck in this very primal brain.
1: It's one of the worst situations, but also one of the best situations you might be able to find yourself in. Uh, that's a hard perspective to get. And I've, I've had people be surprised that say, you're, you're called people-centric consulting group. Why do you endorse firing anybody? I've had people ask me that before. And I always say it's because if that person shouldn't be with that company anymore, they need to find their next job sooner rather than later. So they can figure out how they're going to make their next living, but also do it in a way that they can enjoy themselves. Uh, not be someplace yeah. where they're not wanted or they're not going to be successful if you're not going to be successful here the sooner you can move on the better off it's going to be
3: and again, All right. do it okay. in a way so that it's not a surprise so that this person knows that this is a thing that has been happening and it is coming and they're not aligned and so when they are let go it is more of a relief and not this shock so much it is.
1: Let me add one thing to that too. So if you work for a bigger company and you're a manager and you're thinking about firing somebody, let me, I'm going to speak for all the HR people out there right now. Here's the scenario that they see all the time. We hear this from HR people. It's somebody comes, manager walks in the office and says, I'm going to fire Joe, whoever Joe is, I'm going to fire Joe. And they say, okay, great. And then they go to open up Joe's file and Joe's file is just filled with great reports about how awesome Joe is. And suddenly you want to fire them. Uh, there should be, and the reason that documentation exists, some of that is legal, legalistic stuff. And again, Matt said this multiple times, you know, different states, different areas of the country have different requirements for all of that. But if you really strip it down to the people side of things, the reason that documentation really should be there is because you should have had multiple conversations about this leading up to this moment. It shouldn't be a surprise to somebody of saying, suddenly, you know, I've been, I had my eye on you for a long time and I'm only telling you now that I'm gonna fire you. Uh, that's a big problem. That is a good way to set yourself up for a really bad experience getting fired. And it's a good way to uh, send a signal to the rest of the employees of like, yeah, you might be next and I'm not going to tell you.
2: Yeah, so not only communication, but documentation. We've asked ourselves all the questions. We've covered all the bases. It's time to do it. We're about to walk in and take care of this firing that needs to happen, even though nobody's super excited about it. We understand it's difficult. What are some tips that we need to keep in mind when we're actually in the process of firing someone? There's a good, there's a good episode of the office where Michael Scott
1: has to lay somebody off during the day. And he brings in, this is
2: probably going to be a not a, what not to do. I assume, this is going to be, a, this is
1: hopefully you learn that anything that Michael Scott does is probably <laughs> okay. what you don't want to do for the most part.
2: For those people who have pen ready to go to paper
1: right now, this is probably like, not. This do. is not what you want to okay. do. So he brings in different people like he's decides he keeps changing his mind on who he's going to lay off and he keeps bringing him in and starting the conversation he lets them talk him out of it. Uh, and, and so finally, the last person he comes in and he's, he goes through this big long speech about the company, and they're complaining and they're crying and they're just going back and forth on all of this. And then, if you've ever seen the show, it shot like a documentary. So then the next scene is him talking to the camera. They call it a talking head and they're interviewing him, right? And he goes, Yeah, I've been deer hunting. I shot the deer in the back of the leg. It took 45 minutes for it to die. I had to beat it to death with a shovel. Why do you ask? Like you don't want the firing experience to be the 45 minute lecture of all the things yeah. they did to mess up and all the things that they could have done better and why it's important and why you had to anguish over this decision and all these different things. You need to do more of like what they did in Moneyball. Uh, you know, in Moneyball, if you've seen that movie, they talk about whenever they have to let a player go, you know, the advice is you just go to the player and say, well, we're letting you go. Here's the information. What questions do you have? It should be more like that. It should be really actually pretty quick because it shouldn't be a surprise. Again, if you've done this right, you've had conversations leading up to this point. Uh, So you're not surprising them. You've already had all the, I've, I've, you know, why your life is important and why you should have your job and why you should be in line with the company. You've already had all those conversations up to this point. It shouldn't be a big surprise. It should be a, just a, we've made the decision. We're going to let you go. Here's the information. Here's what we're going to do. What questions do you have? Um, yeah. Nobody wanted it to work out this way with a little bit of empathy mixed in there and right. then let it go. It should, be a, it should be a short meeting.
3: Neither party is gonna fix anything in this conversation. This is not the place to plead your case. This is not the place to fix things that have gone wrong. This is the separation. And it should be understandable that you know what has happened in the past. You understand what it led to get here but this is the short and sweet separation. Yeah. To,
0: to add to those two points, I think it's creating a clear boundary as well. And so, you know, I honestly, I've never um, had to fire anybody fortunately, but I have not hired somebody (laughs) and received a fiery email after (laughs) letting them know that they were not hired. So that didn't go well, but the worst thing I could have done in that situation is responded to that email and tried to continue that conversation because it's not worth it and so in the same way we've seen we've seen clients do this where somebody was fired and then they kept trying to contact them and kept kind of trying to come back and initiate conversations and and they and they they engaged in those conversations and it just isn't worth it and so when you've had that last conversation that needs to be it and you need to not continue to respond to those to those inquiries because it's just not gonna go anywhere productive, probably.
1: I love yeah, that. that. Don't get don't get defensive. I've said people they'll start to fight back. And I think your response to CB's, I I'm sorry you feel that way. I know mm-hmm. this is hard for you. Just empathy type phrases back. Don't engage in that drama uh, and don't go in angry either. I've seen people because they get stuck in their own head about how difficult firing somebody can be. You made me, you know, I've lost sleep for the last three nights, and I'm really angry when they go into it. And I, you're firing them angrily. That shouldn't be an angry conversation. That should be a really calm, collected type of conversation. Don't get stuck. Don't get caught in, up in the drama of the situation.
2: We want to stay away from certain terms during the firing things, like I feel. This is what I think, like those types of things. We wanna be very, my tip would be be very specific about why it is that we're doing this. I wanna be very, very specific about the actions that led to the result. It's not a surprise. Same conversation we've been having for a while. This is where we are. I would also say, pick a location. We talked about, you know, kind of a funny illustration of the location that that we quote unquote had, um, but pick a location that's maybe close to where you are at that time. And now working remotely is maybe just a little bit, a little bit differently there. I had, I unfortunately had to fire somebody one time and I led them through the large lobby down the staircase of the organization that I worked with and they figured it out halfway down the staircase in the large it's not funny but it did happen large halfway down the staircase of the large atrium lobby that we were and they just flat out asked me am I being fired right now and I don't know what else to say except to look at him and say yes Please come with me. That was not a great illustration of that. So maybe pick somewhere closer to where you are uh, at that time, so you can have that conversation and recognize Diana. I thought did a good job of recognizing. Listen, this is not a fun moment for you, and it's not their best moment either. So you know, recognize that it's probably there. Probably is going to be some emotion, but it doesn't have to come from you. You as the manager, you as the leader, should be the calculated one. That man, I know, I know where this is going. Not excited about it. But I just need to be specific um, and don't really need to to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. They um, are are probably going to be a little bit more emotional about it, not to get drawn in there like Bethany had said, I think is a good tip too. So, all right. So thanks for uh, joining us here on the podcast. And then again, this might've been one that caught you off guard, seeing the title of it, how to fire somebody tips for firing people. We don't just say go around and firing the people that are that are frustrating you. Communication, note-taking, documentation. You know, our, our goal as a, a leader is trying to try to help them succeed. We want to help them succeed if we can. Uh, if not, then it's a conversation where mutually beneficially, this, this works for both of us that we separate company. So let's go around the table here. Quick tips for the podcast of uh, how to fire, tips for firing there. Uh, who'd like to start? Diana, go ahead.
3: I want everyone to... Either if you are a manager, set good expectation, or if you are an employee, understand the expectation. And if you're not clear on either side of that, get the clarity and you asking for clarity or asking those clarifying questions is not you being rude. It's not you being a jerk. Get the clarity on the expectations. And if you are for some reason unclear about those, find it. Great. You think it will avoid that will avoid the whole situation.
2: Right. Right. Good. Good tip. Bethany.
3: If you have an employee who is a great
0: culture fit, but their performance is bad, spend some time with them to figure out what their strengths are and what they really want to do. um, Instead of just getting frustrated that they they aren't doing this job really well, um, help them figure out if they're if they can be working on other things or if they need to be put in a different position or if this is just not the position for them altogether and we need to help them find a position outside of the organization, that's okay too. But I think as long as you're positioning it in the right way, um, it's gonna be really helpful for that person.
1: Thank you, Don. The mindset has to be as the manager, that you are trying to work with the person to help them to be successful or not successful in their job, but you're helping them to do it quickly. So it's not that you're being successful and if you fire somebody, I'm trying to help you to be successful and if you fire somebody that you weren't successful either, it's that let's make it so stinking clear that this is working or so stinking clear that this is not working, that we both come to the same conclusion together. Mm -hmm. And that, that doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes employees get stuck thinking in their own story and they don't recognize the reality of it but you should work so hard to make it clear whether it's working or not that it's not a surprise for the employee when they go and that a lot of times the firing situation you're going to think this is crazy but maybe somebody will thank you. We've seen people do that. I've seen that happen multiple times of an employee saying, thank you for firing me at the end of the day. And this was not working out. I see why this was not working out. We've been working on this for a long time. It's stressful. Maybe I didn't have the courage or the clarity to make the jump myself, but you helping me get there is, is good. And I'm excited about the future. I think that's what you're trying to get towards at the end of this process. Yeah,
2: that's great. I think, I think mine is not going to sound super uplifting, but I think it's important. I want you to think about the role, not the person. So often when we're making decisions like this, we're thinking about the person and we'll have a of a person that that person might be. I've said person four times in one sentence. So think about, think about not the role or think about the role, not the person in that role. And the reason why I say that is because Diana, you had talked about earlier. Well, well, maybe, maybe, you know, we talked about Bethany and Diana, both about maternity leave. And I don't know if they can, If what's that going to look like? Or the A, Age, and I don't know what that's going to look like. And so often we get caught up in some of those things. And if we can help a manager remove the noise and think about the role that you have this person in, what is the expectation of somebody, I don't care who it is, somebody in that role, because that role is a, is a thing on purpose, right? It's a thing because it's needed on the, on the team. It's needed in the department. It's needed in the organization. I need some, but whether we move that person to use their strengths elsewhere, I still need somebody in that role. Like I still need somebody to do that job, and I think sometimes what we see is a manager filling in the gaps, maybe of that person because they don't want to make that difficult decision or think about their their, their think about another person in that role. So they start to do that job, which leads to frustration uh, over time as well. So think about the role: is it a role that's needed for the function and the efficiency and the productivity of the team? Yes then who do I need in that role and start removing maybe the names that go along with it. Sounds kind of callous, but it's also important it's there for a reason too. That role is important. Think about the best person for that role. So thanks for participating with us uh, by listening. Uh, do we have a topic for next time? Next time we're going to unwrap the mystery
1: of employee engagement. There's a lot of conversations about it, but we're going to dive into it. And what does engagement mean and how do we really earn it? And how does that impact a company?
0: Thanks for listening today. The More Than Work podcast is produced by People Centric Consulting Group, a consulting firm that believes people should be put at the center of every organization. If you have a topic you want our team of experts to address, feel free to contact us at more than work podcast at peopleccg.com. You can also learn more about us by visiting our website at www.peoplecentric.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back next week to give you practical advice that you can use to improve your work. In the meantime, lead well.